welcome to episode 24. And happy new year to uh, all my Asian friends out there. So with this episode, uh, let's talk about description. Because screenwriting format, there's just four things that you have to worry about. The scene heading, scene description, the character name, and dialogue. So we've talked about dialogue. Character name, let's hit character name real quick. Hold on a second. Let me open up this ice-cold silver bullet. Yeah! Yeah! Oh, yeah. Yeah! All right, names. Just two things to consider when you're coming up with names for your screenplay. The most important is do not have multiple like-sounding names. Like Barry, Larry. Harry, Mary. Okay, you can pick one of those. But if you're going to pick one of those, don't have any other character in your screenplay. Don't give them a name that sounds just like Barry, Harry, Larry, or Mary. Okay, if you want to go with Barry, go with Barry. And then Larry, just name him Lawrence. And Harry, name him Harold. Just keep in mind, we want to keep that movie flowing in your reader's head. The minute, the second your reader has to stop reading to figure something out, the second something is confusing, it's going to take your reader away. The movie's going to stop running. And that is a big no-no. The second thing to think about with names is try to stay away from using the same first letter. Now, this one isn't as important as the first one, but it kind of matters. You know, skip around the alphabet. Don't have multiple D's. I, <laughs> I have an uncle, my mother's brother. His name was Denzel. He married Adana. They had three girls, Dana, Denise, and Debbie. <laughs> so you don't want to do that in your screenplay, okay? It might be cute in real life, but with a screenplay, just kind of bounce around the alphabet. Don't have multiple characters with the same first letter in their first name. I know it just—it probably sounds weird to you right now. It's like, duh, why not? But once again, just keep in mind, we don't want any confusion. Just stay away from giving characters names that start with the same letter. It just makes it a little easier for the reader to be engaged in your script because typically they're just flying through the scene heading and flying through the names. They want to read the description and they want to read the dialogue. And if you've done a great job with dialogue, as you well know now, you don't even need to read the character name to know who is talking if you've done a great job with dialogue. You know, names, I had a fun time with names in the hike. We could, we could go on. I could tell you the story behind every name in the hike. There's a specific person that I chose when I named my characters. So out of real life, I took these people that I like, that I was influenced by, and I just threw their names into my script. And the scene heading, all you have to do is worry about three things. Is it interior or exterior? The location, where we're at, and day or night. That's it. I may have an episode with scene headings because it can get a little deeper than that because you can have like a main scene heading and then a secondary scene heading. But the scene heading is very simple. Interior, exterior, where are we, day or night. Description. If it's done well, you look like a professional. One of the first signs of an amateurish writer besides dialogue is also description. 
people tend to write way too much description. Now, when I told you you can write tons of dialogue, I'm telling you that because I don't want you to to shoot down the muse. When the muse strikes, just let the muse take you where the muse wants to take you. And then when you go back in to rewrite and edit, you can snip the dialogue. And the same thing can go for description, but I think description is a lot simpler and a lot easier to wrap your head around when I tell you to keep description very minimum because you want your screenplay to read like the movie. So a reader at a studio or a script consultant or your friend who reads your script, you don't want your script to read like a book. You want your script to flow like a a visual movie in their heads. So that movie screen in their head is going to be playing your script. And when you run a bunch of confusing description and you go way overboard on description, instead of moving at 24 frames per second, (laughs) that movie's going to start to skip and sputter and it's going to be derailed. It's going to fly off the sprocket. So you want that movie, that image in your reader's head to just flow, just like a stream. Don't upset the flow. And typically, when there's too much description, you will upset the flow. And you don't want to do that. And if you have description that is sparse and direct to the point, it's going to be real easy for your reader to experience your script in that cinematic way in their head. You want the reader to understand the visuals you are describing quickly. Boom. There should be no stopping and trying to figure out what you're saying with these words. They should be short, to the point. So there's two things that amateurs do in description that are telltale signs that this person is not very well versed in screenwriting. Scene description that is just way too long and using camera direction. Please do not use any camera direction whatsoever. The camera pans. The camera booms down. Close-up on. Every once in a while, you can put in a close-up on if you want to really, really nail down what you want the reader to see in their minds. And even the close-up, you can only do once or twice if you want to do it. And if it's important, you can't just throw it out there. It has to feed the story. If you write close-up on blah, 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 It better have an important value to your story. Otherwise, you're wasting, you're just wasting your time and you're wasting the reader's time. Do this for me. Just stay away from all camera movements. As you get better, feel free. But for right now, we're trying to keep this as simple as possible. So for right now, no camera movements whatsoever. So in a scene description, which comes after the interior Dave's office day, you don't go into detail about the set about the location, about what the character is wearing, every single movement. The fewer words you can use to describe that visual in your reader's head, the better off you're going to be. That's a cinematic screenplay. You want your screenplay to read like it's a movie, like the reader is watching a movie. Don't want it to be like some long-ass novel. Readers really don't care about all this extra description that you're going to throw out there. You need to compress that visual and get to the point so your reader can see that visual in their head right away and then move on. 
Now, a good rule of thumb is to have like four lines, maximum four lines of description. One, two, three, four, and then boom, down to the character's name. Maximum four lines. I went to a website, and it's called thescriptlab.com, and they have an example, and I want to read it to you. You know, I'm, I'm doing the work for you so you don't have to spend time going online and finding these great nuggets of wisdom about screenwriting. And then when I find something that's interesting, I can pass it along to you. But anyway, thescriptlab.com is a pretty cool website. But check this out. This is what a typical description might be in a script that someone new to script writing would write. And this is from thescriptlab.com. Interior, prison cell block, night. The dark hallway, made entirely of stone, stretches into a black void. The dripping of water is heard as condensation escapes from in between the stones and into muddy puddles on the wet floor. The only light source comes from the cell block windows, the beams of the moon sneaking in between the rusty bars that keep prisoners from their dreams of freedom. Now let's see how a pro would write that. Interior, prison cell block, night, dark. Wet. Shadows overcome any source of light. So that's what we're looking for. That's your goal. You get the visual in both of them, but the first one is just way too much. It, it, it reads like a novel. You don't need all that. And when you write description, throw out the rules of grammar, okay? Sentence fragments are king. You, <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Sentence fragments rule. They really do. That second example, dark, period, wet, period. <laughs> yeah, so shorter the better. I wanted to read you that because it, it whittles it right down to the core. What to do and what not to do. So the reader, you know, that first one, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven lines. There are seven lines, not including the uh, scene heading. And the second one, scene heading, one line. And your reader can just process that in their head and just boom, move on. On the same webpage, a little further down, you may see yourself writing blocks of scene description that are really too long. And I'm talking about a block. Like uh, in that first example, uh, the dark hallway, blah, 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 one, two, three, four. There were four lines and then it was double spaced down and then there was another block. The only light source comes from the cell block windows, blah, 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 their dreams of freedom. That's considered two blocks, two blocks of description. The first block has one, two, two long sentences. And the second one actually only has one sentence, but the sentence is three, three lines long. So think of each block as a visual. So think of your first block. This is what I want you to see. Then double space, your second block. Now you see this. Then if you want to go to a third block, now this happens. So each block is a visual. And if, if you were shooting the movie, each block would be a shot. If you keep that in mind, that will keep your description, the blocks of description, that will keep them down to a minimum if you keep that in the back of your head. So the very first block, this is what I want you to see. I'm the writer. You're the reader. I want you to see this in your head, okay? And put out a line of description. Now I want you to see this, double space, another line of description, a different shot. It would be a different shot if you were shooting it. And you want the reader to see that different shot in their head. 
And then if you go to a third block, put some action in there, now this happens. So C, C, and then some action. I know that's hard to, to understand. If you go to the scriptlab.com, you'll, uh, you'll see it. When you, when you space out those blocks, you know, your reader is going to see each one of those as a shot. I promise you. And as a writer, when you're thinking about that, when you're writing, think about those shots, what you want your reader to see. I think that's the key to description. When you start writing description, see the movie in your head while you're writing. What do you want your reader to see? And then write that down. Many of you know, but some of you may not. So I'm going to tell you, when you're writing description, it's always present tense. It's never past tense. It's always happening right now. My love for music is well known. I've, I've told you guys before, I, I have a passion for music. And I have music in the hike that I had to pay money for to license. So when you're writing your screenplay, you're probably thinking about a specific song. If that song is really important to your script and you have to have that song... If you sell your script to a studio, you know, studios have deals with record labels. And more often than not, studios own record labels. So if a studio needs music for a movie, they go to the record label that's owned by the company that owns the studio and they can get the music for free because they own it. You want to avoid using a specific song because you might not be able to get that song. Now, if you're going to make the movie yourself, let's just say you're going to make the movie yourself and you have tons of money. You can get any song you want. Now, what happens is, for the hike, I can tell you, I had a list of songs and some artists would not let me use the song at all for any amount of money. Then other artists were on board. So try to avoid putting a specific song in your screenplay because I'm not sure if you'll get it. But if you want the screenplay to read and you want your reader to hear the song in their head, put a genre, whatever the genre is. Okay, so if, if, you're gonna, if you want Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones, don't put Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones is playing in the background. Type a classic rock song from the 60s plays in the background. Try not to use a specific song because you might not get it and the studio might not be able to get it. If you use the genre, pretty much people will understand where you're coming from if they have any knowledge of music whatsoever. And then I found a few examples at finaldraft.com. Final Draft is a screenwriting software that you might be interested in. And they have a website and they have some tips on writing screenplays. And they have a few examples that I, I wanted to share with you. And they, they have what they call active tense and passive tense, T-E-N-S-E. And they're talking about instead of thinking about description, think about it as action. Try to use an active tense instead of a passive tense. And it will feel like to the reader reading it, it'll feel like it's happening like right now. So remember, don't use passive tense, use active tense. So your character is active, not passive. Remember back many episodes ago, we were talking about your character can never stand in one spot and let everyone else come to them. Your character has to be moving forward from page one. Your character has to be active. So this is kind of saying the same thing, but this is being applied to description. So check this out. This is passive tense. This is what you should not do. 
Interior, Joe's apartment. Day. Joe is sleeping when suddenly there is a loud noise. It wakes him up. Okay, here is active tense, and this is what you should be doing. Interior, Joe's apartment. Day. Joe sleeps. Bang! A loud sound wakes him. He gets up. So you see the difference there. The active tense is going to be shorter, always. Joe sleeps, period. Bang! Exclamation point. A loud sound wakes him, period. He gets up, period. Joe is sleeping when suddenly there is a loud noise, period. It wakes him up, period. Uh, sound effects are, are good to use in description and always capitalize sound effects because if your script happens to get lucky enough to be made into a movie in pre-production, you'll go through and you'll find all the sound effects and they'll be notated. And if they're in capital letters, they're going to be easier to find. And there are some software programs that will go through and scan a screenplay and it will, it will find all of the sound effects and put them in a list for you. But it'll only do that if the sound effects are capitalized in description. So yeah, that's uh, active tense and passive tense. You know, you can just eliminate the tense. Just think of passive and active. And always remember your characters have to be active. Don't ever let them be passive in any situation whatsoever. If you are going to describe a location, let's say Dave's office, you don't have to tell the reader the color of the walls or if he's on a laptop or a tower computer or how big his monitor is, how many books are in the bookcase. Don't worry about all that stuff. Let the reader know where you're at and they'll fill in the blanks. Unless the color or whatever you want to describe in the room shows a character trait of the character. Now, let's say Dave is really a neat freak, which I am. So you could say interior Dave's office day. Office is in pristine shape, not a single item out of place. That's just off the top of my head, but you know what I'm saying. So that tells you right away that Dave is a neat freak. Whereas if you say interior Dave's office day, empty beer cans, pizza boxes, litter the floor. What's that say about Dave? (laughs) He's a slob, right? So if there's something in the room or in the location that speaks to your character and tells the audience that this character has a certain quirk or loves a certain decor or whatever, if it advances the story, if it supports the story, put it in there. Otherwise, just leave it simple. There's no need to describe every single thing that's in the room. Developing character developing a an original character. Take a character and put your spin on it. Show us a character that's never been seen before on, on the big screen. You know, I gave you a nugget of wisdom from film school back many episodes ago. It's like when you look at the top 10 grossing movies of all time, don't look at it like, wow, that movie made a lot of money. Ask yourself, why did people go back to see this movie multiple times? Because that's the key to a top grossing movie. People go and see it over and over and over. And I told you it's because of the emotional connection. It touches an emotional button in the audience. And by the same token, think of character this way. You know, Aristotle, I, I think I mentioned the, the poetics. You should read it. It's a quick read. He truly believed story was number one. And I get that. I totally get it. And I, I do agree with it. But think about movies and think about characters in movies. What's memorable, the story or the character? Now, at this point in my life, I'm not sure I could even tell you what the story of Star Wars is, but I sure remember the characters. 
The Godfather. I mean, some of you youngsters probably have never seen The Godfather, but I mean, that was that was a magical movie back in the day. I think I can kind of tell you what the story's about, but Don Corleone, Sonny. I mean, those are characters that stick with you. And if you can make a movie where the character stays with you till the day you die, you will remember that character. You might not remember the story, but you'll remember the character. Man, if you can do that, oh my gosh, you will be the most awesome screenwriter ever. If there's an odor, wherever this location is, if there's an odor, put that odor in the description. If all your senses are hit when you're in this location, then put them all in the description. Is it dark? Does it echo? Does it smell? And uh, the grammar thing, just keep in mind, grammar does not apply to screenplays. So an incomplete sentence, uh, run-on sentences, the word and, A-N-D. Don't ever use that word in description. There's no need for it. So take that word in your screenwriter's vocabulary and throw it out because you're never going to use the word and in description. Interior Dave's office, day. Dave kicks away pizza boxes and has a seat in front of the monitor. See, you don't use and. Dave kicks away the pizza boxes, period. He sits down in front of the computer monitor, period. No and. Don't need it. All right. I think I've given you an awful lot of information here about description. Description is fun, but you just have to keep it very minimal. And I think I I gave you the key. When you're thinking about description, see that shot in your mind's eye and write down what you want the reader to see, what you're seeing. That's what you want to type into your screenplay. Because if you're lucky enough to shoot the movie, you're going to have to shoot it. And the screenplay is that blueprint. And your screenplay is going to be a blueprint for an amazing movie. Yes, it will. All right, let's get out of here. I hope you all have a great week. Stay healthy. Peace and love to you all. And be a lion, not a sheep. See ya. (laughs) 